a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. More growth is coming to the Treasure Valley specifically for CUNA in the form of social media giant Meta Platforms, commonly known as Facebook. Meta will build an $800 million data center in CUNA, bringing over 100 new jobs and some property tax relief to residents. As part of the 2020 data center bill, Meta will receive a sales tax exemption on their server equipment and construction materials. So that news uh, broke just after we were uh, off the air yesterday. Isn't it weird? Seems like every week, two or three stories break at like 10 o'clock a.m. Yeah. 10, 10 05, right after we're done. Mm-hmm. Um, that one uh, was one of those stories. It's a conspiracy, I tells you. Yeah, they, they don't want us talking about it. <laughs> Not until um, today, anyway. So uh, Facebook, Meta, um, coming to uh, the Treasure Valley. Huge, huge facility. Almost... Uh, Million square feet. Wow. That's going to be in CUNA, huh? 900,000 square feet. Apparently out uh, where currently there's uh, a bunch of cows. So um, not coming to a uh, how, big urban area. How many of these? I, I wonder. A big rural area. How many of these similar facilities do they have across the country? Um, I was reading something like 19. This will be the 19th, I think, across. Or maybe it's the 19th in the world. Maybe there's like 14 across the United States and maybe 19 in the world. Yeah, it would make sense because uh, they do use Facebook all over the world. So um, 100 permanent jobs, apparently, mm-hmm. once it gets set up. And then um, I, I, I was, I've been hearing that there'll be over 1,000 construction jobs. I don't know where those are coming from because there's a lack of construction workers here in the Treasure Valley. <laughs> They'll come from somewhere, I imagine. Um, I'm thinking there's a lack of construction workers across the country, not just here in the Treasure Valley. But um, So there is going to be a lot of money flowing into it. Um, Nate Shellman had a chance to talk with Don Day of uh, Boise Dev yesterday. Um, he was able to uh, watch the uh, live stream of the uh, announcement out in CUNA yesterday. Uh, by the way, we're just going to give a couple of highlights from the, his interview. If you want to hear the whole thing, you can li- go listen to the podcast. It's about 20 minutes long, so we just have a couple of the highlights. Um, here were some of the details that uh, Don Day was able to give yesterday to our listeners. I'm so proud of our guys, how tough they are. That's I mean, not we- it. I know he doesn't sound like that. Pretty, <laughs> pretty sure that was Leon Rice right there and uh, not Don Day. Do we have it? So um, Meta is a very new company name. Historically, this has been called Facebook. Facebook owns, of course, the popular Facebook app, Instagram, WhatsApp, Oculus, and a whole bunch of others. They announced today that they would build an $800 million data center in what Meta later called East Cuna to me. Um, I've lived for a long time. I've never heard the phrase East Cuna. Um, after some back and forth with uh, the folks at Meta, they gave us a specific address, which is um, really, probably south of Boise would be a, an easier way to describe it. It's at the corner of Cole Road and Cunamora Road. Big building, 960,000 square feet in size, going up about two stories. Out, frankly, in the in the boonies, in the boondocks. Um, big, empty field right now. Well, yeah, you know, there's there's some radio stations that have their transmitters out there, too. So uh, <clears throat> that's uh, that's good. Like I said, out in the boonies. <laughs> out in the boonies. Uh now I'm looking at a I'm looking at a building rendering 
And I mean, I, I know artists have their renderings. And then I see in the story that there's going to be a hundred permanent jobs. This seems like a sizable space. I'm looking at I'm looking at a huge parking lot with what seems to be. And again, I know it's an artist rendering, but I'm looking at a huge lot. I'm looking at what three, four hundred parking spaces. Only a hundred permanent jobs. Yeah, data centers aren't known to to have a lot of jobs. Here's what happens inside of a data center: rows and rows and rows of computers that store data, literally data center. It says what it is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take a ton of people. And one of the questions that we have to Meta that my reporter Margaret Carmel is working on, we'll have more in coming days, is what are those hundred people going to do? What do those jobs look like? Uh, Senator Jim Rich in a statement today called them high-paying jobs. Uh, we have questions on how high-paying. What, what does that pay? Are they, um, you know, some janitorial staff, I would imagine, uh, people to run cooling systems because mm-hmm. data centers, servers, they take a lot of power and they put off a lot of heat. But we don't know. We, we have a lot of questions here. Um, we were, I, I'll just say, candidly, we were not at the news uh, conference out in CUNA today because we didn't um, know enough to go out there. We're a small team, and so sending someone to, to CUNA didn't make sense. They live-streamed it. We watched that, and um, they didn't take uh, questions, so it wasn't like a news conference, as you might imagine, from a, from a movie. It wasn't like that. Um, so we've been going back and forth with Commerce Department officials and Meta today, uh, and we'll keep working on this because, as I think you're going to ask me here, there's a lot of questions that we just don't know the answers to. Once again, that is uh, Don Day, um, Boise Dev, talking about it yesterday. Uh, the whole interview, by the way, is on the mm-hmm. podcast from Nate Showman. Just go to KBOI.com, click on his podcast. You can hear the whole thing. He has a lot of different things that he talks about Um We'll get uh, more here. He also talked about the specifics of meta infrastructure, what it will possibly do also to property taxes in the area. We'll get to that after sports here in just a couple of minutes. But um, also want to hear from you, your thoughts. Good thing? Bad thing? No big deal. <laughs> I Personally, I, 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 I think it's a I good thing. Uh, I can't call it no big deal. Uh, although it, it's, it's almost it's, a million like, square feet, but it, yeah, no kidding. But it's like he said, a uh, hundred jobs, it, you know, it, it is not a lot, really. No, it's, it's that, and I think that's part of the good thing with this thing because people who complain, oh, we're growing way too fast. All those people are going, you're going to need a whole bunch of new houses. It's a hundred people, yeah. So it's not a lot of jobs. Although but, supposedly Senator Jim Risch yesterday said that they're high paying jobs. I we, and you heard there. Right. I don't know what the jobs are going to pay Meta, Facebook rather, uh whatever you want to call it didn't answer that question of what the jobs will pay specifically what they are, but I'm guessing that these are going to be jobs that all are higher than Well, well it, consider, considering considering the lowest thing. paying jobs of Facebook right now, I think are 15 or 18 dollars per hour. The first thing I wondered when it said, "Okay, we're going to have 100 jobs." Uh, same thing Don just mentioned. What is it uh, you want those people to do, and do I know how to do that? Yeah. So we don't we don't know what that will be, but it it, it sounds like that it, they'll make a living expense doing these jobs, even though that, like we said, there's only a hundred for a factory that size. That's that's not a whole lot of jobs, so you're not going to be having to worry about this huge amount of infrastructure and traffic all of a sudden. Although they are paying for infrastructure. That's that's the good news, and they're, we'll hear about that. A lot. a lot of money coming up here in just a couple minutes. Um, there's other news, uh, great, good sporting news for you. If you uh, listened on 670 KBOI, you got to hear a uh, great game 
It's time for sports. Brought to you by Rick. Or brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli with Rick Worthington. The place to go for lunch every day, Monday through Friday. It's still soup season. You want a fantastic soup? Team that up with a salad, wrap, or sandwich. Find out why Fat Guys number one rated deli in Idaho. Good morning. We start with sports. The Broncos shorthanded last night. Some key players out, but they went on and spanked Air Force anyway, eighty-five to fifty-nine. Emmanuel Acott missed his fourth straight game with a knee, and Najee Smith was ill, leaving the Bronco roster very thin. Boise State responded, shooting a Leon Rice era best 69% for the game. Coach Rice was proud of the team's accomplishment. It's really proud of my guys again, and they step up and they deliver when, you know, when, when chips are against them or, you know, the odds are against them, I thought. I mean, with, with six guys, I was, I was worried. Marcus Shaver Jr. scored 20, and off the bench, Lucas Milner had a career-high 13. The win was the 20th of the season, and it puts the Broncos back in sole possession of first place in the Mountain West. Next up, Utah State at home Saturday at 4. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. There was one other game played in the Mountain West last night. It was UNLV that went on the road and defeated Fresno State 60-57. to Two games on the slate for you tonight in the Mountain West. Colorado State heads to New Mexico, and Nevada will play at San Jose State. I'm Rick Worthington. Night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 622. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Curious uh, from you, your reaction to the news yesterday that uh, Meta, or Facebook, as it uh, was recently known, but has now changed its <laughs> name to Meta, just so weird to say that, um, your thoughts uh, announcing that they have uh, a big hub that will be coming to the CUNA area. Kind of like when Google called, started calling itself Alphabet. Yeah. I don't know anybody that refers to it as Alphabet. Not one person. Everybody calls it Google. Why don't you go search Alphabet and see? No. no yeah. You know what you came up with? <laughs> Every letter. Um, if you want to hear the uh, entire interview um, with Don Day, a Boise dev yesterday, Nate Shelman talked to him uh, about what's happening, and uh, you can hear that. These are just a couple of the highlights from that interview, but go to kboi.com and click on the podcast link, and you can hear that. One of the things that uh, Don Day also talked about was the specifics of meta-infrastructure and also what it could possibly mean for property taxes in the area. They're working to power the data center with 100% green energy, and they're looking to use a new program with Idaho Power, Meta officials several times um, lauded their partnership uh, or coming partnership with Idaho Power. They're also uh, going to, Meta is, spend $50 million to build uh, a new sewer plant out in, um, in CUNA. And it would not just be for Meta. It would have more capacity than Meta will need. Facebook, let's just call it Facebook, than Facebook would need. And um, the city of Cuna will own and operate that plant and could use the capacity from the new Facebook sewage plant. Didn't plan that. Wow. Um, for other businesses. Okay, so there's upgrades. Uh, there's a lawmaker. Uh, let's see, there was Senator Jim Rice, who was uh, quoted in the uh, in our own news reports as uh, taking advantage of or, or, you know, being a business to, you know, fall in under a property tax bill. Uh, are the numbers something something that Boise Dev has yet? Do you know how much in property taxes they're going to be paying? We don't know, and we've got questions on that. 
the land right now isn't worth a lot. Uh, I looked on the assessor earlier today. It has um, an agricultural exemption, which means it doesn't pay a lot of property tax. So okay. A large commercial user like Meta, Facebook coming in, would most likely generate some, uh, some new property tax. Another interesting thing about this, and if we look at the map that we have on our story at BoiseDev.com, the very bottom of the story, and zoom out, you'll notice that this is kind of a long way from CUNA. <laughs> it's, it's in what's known as CUNA's area of impact. Okay. And they have a big area of impact that sweeps south of Boise. And um, it's not close to downtown CUNA, which is where today's news conference was. It's quite a bit out there. It's actually kind of closer to the contiguous part of, of the city of Boise than it is the contiguous part of the city of CUNA. Um, I imagine some of those 100 jobs or so, those people will live in places like Boise and Meridian. Mm-hmm. But the property tax benefit will flow to the city of CUNA. Um, so kind of interesting to see how these cities are working to grow their tax base. Um, as you and a lot of your listeners know, there have been changes in the last five or six years to the way the property tax formula works in Idaho and the property tax burden. And I don't use the word burden in a loaded way, but it is moved from commercial properties more to residential properties. That's one of the factors in our rising property tax rates of our homes. So a user like this, as, as I think Senator Rice pointed out to your newsroom, can help because it'll generate more commercial property tax revenue, which can take some of the burden back off of the residents. Once again, uh, Don Day, Boise Dev, talking with Nate Shulman on his show yesterday. The uh, entire interview, if you want to check that out, got a few more uh, things to say. You can go to KBOI.com, click on the podcast Nate Shulman's show, and uh, listen to it for yourself. Your thoughts, once again, good thing, bad thing, no big deal. Um, Fifty million dollars in infrastructure. I mean, you're talking number. That's, that seems like a pretty big deal. Yeah, for for the CUNA area, which I think they, I've heard that they have problems with their <laughs> sewer and water. Um, and in my personal way of thinking, it's like this is the way it should work. If somebody big company like this puts in a big huge facility, mm-hmm. then they should pay for the infrastructure that is going to be be needed to do it. And the great thing about this for the CUNA area is that, for instance, the the water treatment sewer plant, um, water um, piping, all that t- stuff, once Facebook pays for that, they turn it over to the city, and it's theirs to run, theirs to get you know money and, and charge and make money mm-hmm. off of. If Facebook doesn't keep it, it turns it back over to the city. My guess is, with a company like this, I don't know what cable... And fiber optics are like in CUNA, but I'm guessing right now it's not great being that far away. Probably will improve, though. It would have to, You would think that Facebook would have to have high-speed internet fiber optics to their company. I, I'm just guessing. I don't know, if, but I would think that that would have to happen. So you would think that cable, fiber optics, high-speed internet would all increase in that area. I'm just guessing. I like, I like what he said, though. You know, it's Calling it CUNA is, uh, I don't know. It's it's obviously yeah. it's in the CUNA area, but it's also just south of Boise because it's on it's off Cole Road. The only um, thing that lives there now is cows. Basically, it's pasture land. Are we going to have homeless cows now? They're going to have homeless cows now. Yeah, that's a man. shame. We need to get to the legislature on this and and get ahead of this. Somebody's got to before cows are out on the streets camping yeah, and, somebody, and defecating. Somebody has to speak for the cattle. <laughs> KBY News Time is uh, six twenty seven. Once again, your thoughts. If you want to share those, you can also email Chris at KBY.com and Mike at KBY.com. 
Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Boise State back in first place in the Mountain West. Can they hold on to it? Play Utah State 4 o'clock on uh, Saturday afternoon. We'll have tickets for that game for you to win this morning. As a matter of fact, a couple of chances for you to see if Boise State can hold on to first place as that they take on Utah State. game last night was not filled with nearly the suspense that I had <laughs> anticipated. Especially since uh, Air Force played it pretty close here at home, and uh, Boise State played a lot of backups last night. But I will say those backups played really, really well. Milner, for example, looked amazing last night. Yeah, the combination was good. The uh, other thing that was amazing, the shooting. A Leon Rice era record last night, 68%. At one point in the uh, second half, they were uh, shooting at 73%. (laughs) 73% at one point. Uh, Finished the game. And we're not talking strictly dunks here. No. um, Three-pointers. 55% 55% from three-point wow. was just crazy last night. And here's the most amazing and best thing of all, because we said earlier in the season when they were shooting 30% from the foul line that this could possibly cost them games down the road. They shot 100% from the free-throw oh, line. Terrific. And, and for those of you who think, oh, it just must have been the really good free-throw shooters, Armouche made his foul shots last <laughs> night. He was shooting early in the season. He was shooting 20%. He made his foul shots last night. So the foul every, shooting has gotten every, much better. Every dog has its day, I yeah. guess. Yeah, they looked really good. Uh, what was it, a 26-point win, mm-hmm. I think, uh, by the end of the contest. So yep, it looked really it good. Hopefully they can get a couple of their players uh, back. They're going to need them for the Mountain West and knock on wood. Hopefully the NCAA tournament. I don't want to say that too out loud. Well, you whispered it out loud. Yeah, there we go. Um, we have those tickets, by the way. A couple of chances for you to win. Stay right where you're at. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Your first chance to win going to be coming up here within the next hour. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. By the way, the uh, Facebook story was not the only story that uh, broke yesterday. There was a breaking news story that broke right here on News Talk KBOI. Nate Shellman broke the uh, story after uh, apparently getting three different sources. Um, and it's interesting. Politics, I think, this year in an election year. Got the primary coming up here in a few months. The election for the governor a little bit later. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. Apparently, there was an agreement yesterday. Between two of the candidates for governor, Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeehan and Ammon Bundy apparently made an agreement. Ammon Bundy is going to be dropping out of the governor's race for the primary. And in return, he will also endorse Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeehan for governor. And if Janice McGeehan in the primary does not win against Governor Little, then Ammon Bundy will run as an independent in the general election, and Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeehan will endorse Ammon Bundy. Huh. So basically, this way, uh, two far-right candidates get a uh, shot at the taking on Governor Little in the uh, election this fall. And she doesn't have to uh, become an independent and drop out of her party. No. So that was interesting. Once again, that broke here. Nate Shellman had a uh, chance to break that. You've probably seen that news um, shared um, that's not the only news, of course, came out. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. 
Uh, Idaho T- Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeehan wants to uh, invite Anthony Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci, to Idaho. Even though she hates him. Yeah, I was going to say not to shower him with gifts, obviously. No. Um, she invited. She said she's going to invite him to Idaho so that she can um, throw, her, throw him in jail. Yeah, I don't see how he could pass up an invitation like that. That just sounds wonderful. Um, <laughs> this is her quote. I will invite the lying Dr. Anthony Fauci to Boise State University and will lock him up. Boise State Public Radio has reached out to McGeehan's office asking what crime she believes Fauci committed and on what grounds she would arrest someone, but oh, uh, I, she I, has not. I doubt she's thought that far into it. She has not responded back as of right now because that was my first thought. I was like, okay, I may not like Dr. Fauci and some of you know things that he does. You may not like Dr. Anthony Fauci, or you may love him. But you once might not again, like Janice McGee. What what has he done that's here in Idaho that you're going to get to lock him up for? I, I no idea. Maybe she has internal information so, that he broke the so law somewhere along the line in Idaho and can lock him the, up. Is, you think it might be just one of what I would call her consistent statements? Maybe. Um, I also don't know, and, and maybe this is because I don't have enough knowledge of the powers of the lieutenant governor. Um, I didn't realize the lieutenant governor could lock people up. I didn't realize they could do much of anything until just recently. Yeah. Uh, well, when I found out they actually maybe, couldn't. Oh, maybe. You know what it is? What? Maybe she's waiting for the governor to leave the state again, and then she can lock Anthony Fauci up or put out a warrant for his arrest. Yeah, I doubt if he'll uh, coordinate his schedule with that, though. KBY News Time, 645. Time for another check on sports. Lots of stuff happened yesterday. We're just scratching the surface. By the way, that just proves a, a really good point of why you should listen to News Talk KBY. All that breaking news, all on one news station. <laughs> Gave that to you all yesterday. Um, let's get a check on sports. Once again, it's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian, the place to go for lunch, soup, salad, sandwiches. Remember, any sandwich can be turned into a wrap or a salad. Get in for lunch today. They open up at 1030. Good morning. Well, we don't usually get a lot of football information for Boise State in the month of February. So when they came out with the 2022 schedule yesterday, we were kind of excited around here. There are, of course, some caveats that anytime you tell people about schedules for Boise State, number one, the broadcast times tend to change the days where they play. And of course, the broadcast times themselves during those days are a little bit all over the place. But they did announce their non-conference schedule, which includes games at Oregon State to start the season on September 3rd. They'll play at UTEP and they'll have home games against UT Martin and BYU. The Broncos' conference schedule includes home games this year against San Diego State, Fresno State, Colorado State, Utah State. Conference games that will be played away, New Mexico, Air Force, Nevada, and Wyoming, with the Mountain West Championship game being played this year on December 3rd. I'm Rick Worthington. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Coming up after news at the uh, top of the hour, um, you've, you've heard what goes on in Congress and can sometimes get nasty back and forth questioning. And I was aware of that, yes. <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize that's tame compared to what happens in uh, Parliament in Canada. 
I'm going to play a little audio from uh, yesterday, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau having a conversation in Parliament about the truckers thing that's going on. Mm-hmm. They're the con- the convoys. Um, they allow heckling in par- Parliament. Did you know that? <laughs> I, I've never seen Canada's Parliament in action, but I've seen England's. And, and every time somebody says something, a bunch of people go, <laughs> I'm going to play a little audio of this. This was very interesting yesterday and quite entertaining, to tell you the truth. That'll come up after the top of the hour. Um, damn near impossible question coming up here for you. Another $50 gift certificate today for you to win to La Peep in Meridian. If you can answer our question, it's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. For any and all your real estate needs, call 208-888-4128. There is only one team in the NFL that Tom Brady does not have a winning record against in the regular season, believe it or not. Which team is it? If you know, you can win. Hey, from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Well, good morning. Welcome to a Thursday. Thanks for listening to the Casper and Chris show. We appreciate it. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Our phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can email us if you would like to take part in the show, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Uh, Dow Futures down uh, 200 points. We'll talk with Jeremiah Bates coming up here in just a couple of minutes about what's uh, in fact infecting or affecting the uh, market this morning. Um, reading the headlines, Warren Buffett has invested $1 billion in cryptocurrencies. Warren Buffett has said in the past, he does not invest in anything he doesn't understand. Well, that's true. So this and, is kind of surprising. How he chooses investments is uh, he, he finds out a, about a store or an operation, and he checks into their operation, and he, if he thinks it's good, he buys it. Oh, this is interesting. Look at this. Fox Business News. We're going to talk about this right now. Parliament erupts in chaos over Trudeau comments. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is uh, Canadian Parliament uh, yesterday, um, and they're they're having a discussion. We'll call it a discussion, shall we, uh, about the uh, problems with the truck convoy, and, uh, and Trudeau has enacted uh, an emergency mandate mm-hmm. to try and break it up. Um, you're going to hear, this is the back and forth um, between... Candace Bergen, not the actress, she's the leader of the opposition, and Prime Minister Trudeau, plus Parliament is there. You have the Speaker, who uh, is trying to keep control of the thing. So those are the three people you're going to hear. Now, we've we've heard here the Idaho legislature sometimes gets a little nasty. Congress definitely, at times, gets a little nasty. Um, but at no time, necessarily, do you hear heckling from the crowd. And apparently, heckling in Parliament is ex- an acceptable way to voice your opinions. I just thought I'd take I'd let you take a listen to this. Okay. If, if you thought our politics was crazy, take a listen to Canadian Parliament. Justified questions around if the criteria is met, questions around what this means to Canadians' rights and freedoms. Parliamentary approval is required in order for the Prime Minister to use this unprecedented sledgehammer. So can the Prime Minister tell us when will Parliament be debating this? Will it be coming to us on Friday? And does he expect that we will look at it Friday but then rise, take a week off, and not actually deal with this until March? The Right Honourable Prime Minister. Speaker, after discussions with Cabinet and Caucus, after consultations with the Premiers of all provinces and territories, after uh, conversation with the opposition leaders, we decided to invoke uh, the Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity 
to address the blockades and occupations. I want to be very clear, Mr. Speaker. The scope of these measures are time-limited and geographically targeted. They are reasonable and proportionate to the threats they are meant to address, and they are fully to be compliant with the Charter of Rights and Freedoms to uh, reassure all Canadians uh, that this is the right thing to move forward with. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. I had a very simple question to the Prime Minister he was not able to answer. It would appear this could be more political drama for the Prime Minister. He name-calls people that he disagrees with. He wedges. He divides. He stigmatizes. Yet in spite of all of his failure, Coote's border has cleared. Windsor has opened up. Provinces and police are doing their jobs, and blockades are starting to come down. But the Prime Minister thinks that now is the time to use this extreme measure and invoke the Emergencies Act. Isn't it true that the Prime Minister's actions could serve to actually make things worse and not make things better? Exactly. The right honourable Prime Minister. This is about keeping Canadians safe, protecting their communities and neighbourhoods, and ensuring the jobs and our economy. I'm afraid I'm going to have to interrupt the honourable, the right honourable Prime Minister. I'm trying to hear the answer, and I'm having a very difficult time. There's some shouting going on. I'm going to have to ask the honourable members, maybe just keep it down. And if you've got something that you're not agreeing with, talk amongst yourself with someone next to you. You don't have to shout it out to the person across the floor. The Right Honourable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, you are absolutely right. This is a time for responsible leadership, not crass partisanship. The situation requires additional tools not held by other federal, provincial or territorial law. It's what responsible leadership requires. These measures must be and will be compliant with the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. We will always defend the rights of Canadians to peaceful assembly and to freedom of expression. But these blockades need to end and unfortunately Conservative politicians continue to encourage the leaders of these blockades. Well, Leader of the Opposition. Well, let's get down to the basics of what this is really about. This is about the Prime Minister's ideological attachment to keeping COVID restrictions and mandates. Sixty-three percent of Canadians want the restrictions and mandates to end. Conservatives presented a motion yesterday asking simply for a plan but the Prime Minister is in denial and is ignoring the science. He might as well be back at the cottage because he's doing nothing productive or constructive to help this situation. Can the Prime Minister tell Canadians when he will end the divisive, outdated and unscientific mandate and restrictions? The Right Honourable Prime Minister. Like I said, this is a time for responsible leadership to end these blockades. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Conservatives continue to play partisan games. Uh, the Conservative member of Provence just yesterday... I'm sorry, I'm going to have to cut off the uh, Prime Minister just for a second. And just, I mean, heckling is usually throwing one comment out. Clever, hopefully, <laughs> although not always necessary. But what I'm hearing is someone bullying and trying to drown someone out. That's not heckling. I just want everyone to take a deep breath. And I'll let the Prime Minister start from the top, please. All right, there you go. That was the uh, speaker. Um, so heckling is allowed in Parliament. This this fits that whole thing, you know, the saying that you, you've heard. Democracy is the worst form of government except for everybody else's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unless you count it against the other ones. 
I had no idea heckling was allowed. Um, it, I don't even know how the prime minister continued talking because if you have a whole bunch of people shouting over you, it, it's hard to talk, right? Because yeah. you're trying, you're you're trying to get something out. Kudos to him; he's be, he's able to do it. But apparently, if this is what happens in Parliament all the time, he's uh, very much used to it. Um, I do uh, one thing that I want to start doing today uh, is referring you and I. Where you're the right honorable Chris Walton, and I'm going to be the right <laughs> honorable Mike Casper from now on. I do like I do like that. I'll accept it when I've earned it. Yeah, and uh, our producer will be known as uh, Nathaniel. KBOI News Time is uh, seven fifteen. Time for another check of what's going on with sports this morning. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian, the place to go for lunch. They're open every day, Monday through Saturday, beginning at ten thirty. They're there early every single morning because they make everything from scratch to make it delicious for you. Get in for lunch today at Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Good morning. Boise State back in first place in the Mountain West after they beat up on Air Force last night, 85-59. to The Broncos shot 69% for the game, the highest percentage in any game in the Leon Rice era. They also made 10 of 18 from three and all nine free throws in the best shooting performance of the season. Coach Rice was elated post-game. Wow, that is impressive. to say. You know, that's a credit to these guys, the way they're moving the ball. We're moving the ball so much better and setting each other up, and that's got to keep going. And uh, we've made progress in that area. Last two games, we have 18 assists, and that's, uh, you know, that's why we're scoring some points now. Marcus Shaver Jr. led the way with 20, and Lucas Milner came off the bench for a career-high 13, making all six of his shots. Up next, Boise State will host Utah State Saturday at 4. Bob Beeler, News Talk, KBOI. There was one other game in the Mountain West last night. That was UNLV going on the road, defeating Fresno State 60-57. to There are two games on the schedule for tonight. One of them will be in Albuquerque, New Mexico. New Mexico takes on Colorado State tonight. That should be pretty interesting. Also, Nevada will head on the road to take on San Jose State. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 721, he's the Right Honorable Chris Walton. I'm the Right Honorable Mike Casper. And we also have the Right Honorable Jeremiah Bates on with us this morning. Stock market looks like it's going to open up in the red after finishing in the red uh, yesterday. What's uh, affecting? It looked like that we had kind of broken that uh, whole thing here a couple of days ago where, you know, down day after day after day. Um, but apparently there must be some news that's driving this. Yeah, I know. We're going to kind of do a rapid fire here because there's kind of three main things that I think are top of mind for Wall Street. So first you had the Federal Reserve, and I'm very redundant with the Federal Reserve, but hey, when we're talking about tightening a policy and interest rates, anytime the Federal Reserve meets and release any, releases any type of information, the market's going to look at that very, very closely. So you have the Federal Reserve releasing their meeting minutes for the month of January yesterday, and it didn't really change anything. Um, it didn't provide an exact timeline for the interest rate liftoff. However, they did hint that it's likely going to take place at their next meeting, which is March 15th through the 16th. So bottom bottom line is right rate Rate hikes are coming and they're coming soon. Okay, so one thing, keep in mind that even with some rate hikes this year, even if it's four, five, six, seven, interest rates are still going to be low by historical standards. Right. So again, expect volatility, but you know, if you're a long-term investor, just take it in stride, right? This just kind of come comes with the lay of the land, okay? Secondly, 
Now, this is the elephant in the room. You have the Russia-Ukraine tensions, which are weighing down on market sentiment. The reason why it is just complete uncertainty. It seems that every day we have conflicting reports. We have positive news, then we have negative news. It seems now that fears of an imminent military action uh, have been renewed. But at the end of the day, we don't know. And when the market doesn't know, that's when we see this uh, level of volatility. Bottom line here is as long as this conflict persists, it will weigh down on market sentiment and that will add to this market volatility in the short term um, out of all the things that we're covering right now. This is the this is the elephant in the room. And let's finish on a little positive news. Well, at least it was until uh, this Russian-Ukraine tension kind of weighed down on the futures today. But we talked about this on Monday uh, about corporate earnings coming in. You know, you have these big players such as Walmart, which they released their corporate earnings that they did beat expectations, which sent their shares higher in pre-market trading. It was just under 1%, which has then since turned lower. But it's funny, we were joking around about how these price pressures for these companies, they're going to pass it on to the consumer. It's like, hey, wait a minute, they should be taking care of this. It's funny because Walmart came out and said, listen, we want to keep our prices competitive. Even though the costs for us are climbing, we want to help out the consumer. We want to make sure that we can help out the consumer through this, be price competitive, and help them through this environment. So it was actually some positive news to see there. However, the stock has since turned negative just because uh, everything is going to be weighed down right now because there's ish, uh, there's concerns about the uh, Russian-Ukraine tension. So we see concerns um, about inflation like 7% last month, but I noticed that retail sales were up over 3%. So apparently inflation isn't slowing anybody down from buying stuff. No, you know, that report, it just really shows you the, I guess, strength of the U.S. consumer. I mean, you got to remember our, our economy is two thirds of, uh, it's made up two thirds of consumption, right? So, (laughs) you know, and you could factor in all these, all these issues, whether it was the Omicron variant in the beginning of the year when it was hitting people hard. I mean, right at the end of the holidays, it was the same thing. So fact, going into January, people had money. They had money to spend. There's still tremendous amounts of money in savings accounts, um, and cash to spend. So yeah, it just, it just shows you how resilient the U.S. consumer is. Walmart has said it's going to repurchase $10 billion worth of its stock in uh, this current fiscal year. How will that affect things? Yeah, I mean, it just shows that they're they're profitable. They have lots of, and they're not to mention. In addition to that, they're going to raise their dividend as well. So Walmart's looking at it like this: we're 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 profitable. We have extra money to spend. Let's buy back some of our shares, which you know could could bode well for the stock. Um, you know, because the company's buying them back at a cheaper price. So hopefully, it'll raise and and bode well for them. But when you factor in that dividend price as well, uh, Walmart could be a good play. And you know, especially in this inflationary environment, or we, when these talks about uh, recession and things like that. Walmart just has such a broad customer base and di- diverse base that generally it uh, it does all right with these kind of headwinds. But um, yeah, interesting to see that their that their stock is still going down a bit, even though they did beat expectations. And their forward lo- and their forward guidance looks pretty good too. They're actually projecting a, a small percent gain for um, for price per share uh, or earnings per share going into this year. So. Uh, for Walmart, I, I think it'll I think it'll work out for them this year as consumers continue to kind of get out of this, uh, you know, COVID right. COVID issue, uh, Omicron, and start spending more money. All right, Jeremiah Bates, thank you. We'll get another update for you. Looking like the stock market's going to open up lower this morning. Uh, update in an hour, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 7.35, the uh, stock market now officially open. Dow is down 247 points. As promised, <laughs> it started yeah. in the red this morning.
That's true. Uh, it, it, it it doesn't matter uh, how much it's up uh, before the mark before the uh, bell rings, or how much it's down before the bell rings. You can expect it to do something different within five minutes. <laughs> and there's plenty of time to come back through the end of the day. But at least update you on uh, what's going on so far this morning. Also, as promised, told you we would have a pair of tickets to the Boise State Utah State game coming up four o'clock. This coming Saturday afternoon as Boise State, now in first place, tries to hold on to first place in the Mountain West regular season. You have a chance to go absolutely free. We've got a fair pair of tickets for you right now if you are caller number 6, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Caller number 6, you got the tickets. Utah State comes to Extra Mile Arena. Hey, don't forget, they've announced that concessions are once again being served. Um, that gets underway tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, for gymnastics, but it will also be going on for the basketball game coming up here this Saturday. So these are tickets for Utah State Saturday afternoon, 4 o'clock, uh, free for you if you're calling number 6 right now, 208-336-3700. Get 670-KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670-KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670-KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. More growth is coming to the Treasure Valley specifically for CUNA in the form of social media giant Meta Platforms, commonly known as Facebook. Meta will build an $800 million data center in CUNA, bringing over 100 new jobs and some property tax relief to residents. As part of the 2020 data center bill, Meta will receive a sales tax exemption on their server equipment and construction materials. Your thoughts, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, good thing? Bad thing? No big deal? Well, more jobs for CUNA or just more jobs for the Valley in general. Uh, text in at 208-336-3700. As a conservative Idaho native, I'm afraid of Bay Area transplants that are going to help mess up our state politics more than they already have. I don't know if 100 people is going to make a difference because that's how many they said that there will be employed full-time once the uh, center is up. Uh, another text says, I don't hate Facebook or Zuckerberg. I don't know him. However, I'm not a big fan of the monopoly that they uh, have on the market. There needs to be more competition. Well, true. It's a monopoly if you consider that there is only one Facebook and they have it. The other thing, uh, interesting thing that comes out of this, Meta will be the first Idaho Power customer to take part in a program that will assign only renewable energy from new resources oh. to the Meta data center. No kidding, that's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, a data center takes a large amount of energy. And part of the reason why Idaho is attractive is because we have, I know we don't think it's cheap, but compared to the rest of the com- country, electricity rates in Idaho are very, very inexpensive. Um, Meta's needs, this is according to uh, Adam Richards, CEO, or Chief Operating COO uh, of Idaho Power, said Meta's needs will be met by adding electrical generation from wind and solar energy throughout the year. They'll offset 100% of their use, whatever that might be, by the same amount of renewable energy production. So it sounds like, um, I, I don't know exactly what this means. Does that mean that Facebook will also be taking part in uh, helping to build out solar and wind farms in the it, area. It could, because uh, they do have to get the energy from somewhere. And it, and they've claimed that it's all going to be renewable energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, more power to them if they can do it. Yeah. 
And that's on top, I don't know if that comes out of the $50 million that they've said that they'll uh, put into infrastructure having to do with, you know, sewer, increasing uh, water treatment in the CUNA area, also uh, increasing water. And as we mentioned a little bit earlier this morning, my guess is a data center like that needs high-speed internet, fiber optics. So I don't know what it's like for high-speed internet in the CUNA area. I'm guessing because it is in a rural area, it's not great as of right now, but that's uh-huh. that's got to be increasing, you would think, right? Yeah. Uh, expectation, by the way, is that they're going to break ground coming up here uh, later this fall, probably in about September. That's that's the plan. Anyway. If you're a construction worker looking for a job, they're, they're going to need a, over a thousand people to help put this. That's true. <laughs> together, so there, you, there will you be got a job if you want somewhere it. between a thousand and, and uh, twelve hundred uh, to build something that will have a hundred jobs. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to weigh in with your thoughts, in the meantime, time for our final check on what's going on with sports with Rick Worthington this morning. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Uh, headed out today for lunch. Want to find out what you want to get before you get there? You can always check out their menu, fatguysfreshdeli.com. Good morning. You know, we haven't paid a lot of attention to the Olympics here on KBOI, but the 2022 Beijing Olympics are nearing their end although there still looks to be some excitement remaining in the final four days. Day 15 of the Games looks to be particularly compelling as five finals are set to take place. Team USA saw some mixed results in the Olympics' 14th day. The good news is the Americans Alex Hall and Nick Goper claimed gold and silver respectively. And not exactly bad, but definitely heartbreaking as the U.S. men's hockey team took a 3-2 shootout loss to Slovakia in the quarterfinals despite leading with less than a minute remaining. Americans will compete in a number of finals today. One drawing arguably the most attention is the women's figure skating final. Karen Chen, Mariah Bell, Alyssa Liu all qualified for the free skating competition. They'll compete against the controversial Russian skater, 15-year-old that tested positive for a banned substance midway through the games, but for whatever reason, is still being allowed to compete. I'm Rick Worthington. In Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.52, he's the right honorable Chris Walton. I'm the right honorable honorable Mike Casper. going to do like Parliament in Canada does. We're all once right in a while, honorable. Once in a while, we're wrong, but we're still honorable. <laughs> um... We talked uh, about uh, Facebook coming to uh, CUNA. Uh, continue to take your thoughts if you'd like. You can uh, call us up, email Mike at KBY.com, Chris at KBY.com. Uh, the Treasure Valley, of course, continues to expand. The next thing that I would like to see here is something that Disney is now doing all over the United States. And it, how cool would this be? You mean, you mean an amusement park? Nope. Oh. Uh, how cool would this be that as part of Facebook's you know, new expansion into CUNA that Disney does this in CUNA also. There are a lot of people who would love to live at Disney World. This is now the closest you can get. Disney has announced plans to build its own housing communities across the United States. Interesting. The first one is being built just outside Palm Springs. At least two more others are already in the works. I'm so, proud to announce our next Disney experience, Story Living by Disney. All new Disney-branded master-planned residential communities designed to be the perfect setting for Disney fans to write the next exciting chapter in their lives. 
Story Living by Disney allows us to leverage what we do best, world-class service, legendary storytelling, and creativity. This exciting new venture will enhance, extend, and strengthen the Disney brand by allowing us to bring the magic of Disney to places you may never have expected. Picture an energetic community with the warmth and charm of a small town and the beauty of a resort. A place that entices inspiration and makes every moment more memorable than the last. A story living by Disney community is something truly special. Why wouldn't CUNA love to have Disney community? I mean, that's a small community, just like they're talking based, about. Based, based on the commercial, I'm going to go ahead and just go out on a limb and say they're not looking to build uh, low-cost housing. Probably not. Okay. I mean, good grief. You have to take out a mortgage just to go to Disneyland or Disney World. Practically. I can just see this now. How do you like your uh, new Disney community? It's great, but I listen to I, I live right next to this jerk Goofy. <laughs> you know, that guy behind the back fence—he's Goofy. I don't I don't know if this is going to work, if it's going to take off or not. It's an interesting concept. I guess we'll just wait to see. Like I said, uh, first one is planned for Palm Springs. There are already two more what, that are in the works. What I would want to know is what is it that you have that say other upscale. Uh, communities don't have <sighs> space mountain we have space mountain we have uh, uh a star wars entry into our community see i doubt that you don't think they'll do something like that I, I don't think they'll put a space mountain right in in you know somebody's neighborhood well then this idea sucks i might um update for you too um the pig heart transplant we told you about last month yeah David Bennett continues to defy odds. He has survived now more than a month after his pig heart transplant. As a matter of fact, on Sunday, Bennett sat up in his bed and sang America the Beautiful <laughs> as uh, Jeannie Aiko belted out her rendition prior to the Super Bowl. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, the doctors say that the heart is contracting vigorously, as it should. It has shown no signs of rejection because that's really good because that's the worst thing you know, the things that they walk for, watch for when you get a uh, transplant of any kind is rejection. So it's not showing a month into it now, and this happened on January 7th, that uh, the heart is being rejected by the body of the, at all. In the meantime, there's a team of doctors monitoring in hopes that he can be the blueprint for future heart transplant recipients. That is interesting. There, there are plenty of uh, bee, or, uh, pig hearts out there. You know, what do they do with a pig heart when they... You know, make bacon and stuff. That's just it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, pig hearts, the only thing that you do with pig hearts is it can be turned into sausage. Um, but if you can use the pig heart as, you know, to save somebody's life who normally wouldn't yeah. be able to get a, a, a heart donor. Why not? <laughs> yeah, this could be this could be an amazing thing. And so far, and granted, it's still early, only one month into it, but no signs of rejection. And he is getting stronger and stronger every day. That's cool. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Dow down uh, over 450 points as of right now. Looking at Walmart, though, that we talked with Jeremiah Bates about uh, earlier this morning. Um, they're doing well today, uh, up 3.25% yeah. in uh, trading today. After announcing stock uh, buyback. Biggest news from them is that they're not raising their prices as fast as everybody else. Mm -hmm. So that'll be nice. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to watch. As I mentioned earlier this morning, 
Because as of right now, at what point is it going to get to where inflation starts to affect people? Because right now, based on what happened in January, retail prices were up over 3%. Mm-hmm. So the increase in prices so far hasn't stopped people from buying. But at some point, that, that, that's going to have an effect on a large portion. Of, and that, that, I think, is where you're going to start to see when people go, I can't afford to do this anymore. i got to quit buying this yeah. or buy something else cheaper. I'll just do without this from now on. Other news and a story we uh, talked about last month, and as a matter of fact, we've talked about it through uh, last year also. The uh, Ivy League confirmed this week that Laya Thomas will compete in conference finals. You remember uh, Laya Thomas, transgender college swimmer, will be eligible to compete in the Ivy League conference finals despite a recent NCAA rule change. Thomas, University of Pennsylvania senior, is able to compete this week in the finals at Harvard University. Recent rule changes from the NCAA and U.S. swimming have thrown Thomas's ability to compete in NCAA championships into doubt, but the Ivy League confirmed that for this season, at least, the new rule will not apply to any meets prior to the NCAA tournament. Now, you might remember Thomas has absolutely completely dominated U.S. collegiate women's swimming this year. Do tell. Last week, the National uh, Governing Body USA Swimming unveiled new guidance, which would uh, include a more stringent threshold for testosterone in women's swimming. Yes, test, you'd have to be tested for testosterone in women's swimming. <laughs> the new rule requires that transgender swimmers competing in women's meets must meet certain serum testosterone levels for a continuous period of 36 so straight months, so chem- three years. You have to chemically prove that you are a, a woman for a while. Not And not just for a little while. You have to do it for three straight years. Interesting. So um, she started swimming as a female swimmer less than three years ago. So if this new rule, if they hadn't said, hey, look, we won't start this this year, mm-hmm. this new rule would have affected her because she has not been transitioning um, for the full three years. Last week. 16 of Thomas's own teammates urged U.S. college sport authorities to ban her from competing in the upcoming NCAA championships. That's telling right there. Yeah. Because that, that would help you win a championship if you have somebody that dominant and your own teammates are urging not to be allowed to swim. But they'd rather do it without her. Swimmers argued that while they supported Thomas's gender identity, they did not support her swimming as a female. The swimmers, they said, added that they had been warned that if they spoke out against Thomas, they would all be kicked off the team. They went on to say in the letter, we support Laya's mental health, and we ask Penn and the Ivy League to support ours as well. Just to give you an idea, as we, we talked about shattering all records swimming yeah. as a, a female this year, um, Laya was born Will Thomas. In his last year of swimming, as a man, he was ranked number 462 in men's swimming. <laughs> he changed his name to Laya and is now ranked the number one woman in swimming. I hesitate to mention it, but that sounds a little bit unfair, doesn't it? I think that's why the 16 of her is whatever you it feels, want to say. It's a pronoun. It, 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 it is it the reason like, they said don't, we don't want them swimming him swimming on our team. It feels like if somebody's competing in a league that, you know, that's not that big of a deal. But if they're dominating the nation, it just seems like, okay, you have an unfair advantage. Yeah. 
Now, what'll be interesting, this this was just for the Ivy League championships. So expectation is, now that she is allowed to swim this week, um, that she'll make the NCAA tournament. Now, the NCAA is going to have to rule also to whether or not that they will give an exemption to the new rule change where you have to be testing for 36 straight months. Yeah. Not just testing, but also test below certain levels. Um, so even if she is testing below those levels, um, she hasn't been doing it for 36 straight months. So the yeah. NCAA, when when or if she makes the tournament, and the expectations are that she's going to make the tournament, um, they're going to have to also say, yes, we agree with that exemption since she was allowed to swim, or say, no, this, these are the new rules, and uh, sorry, she's not going to be allowed to pe- compete in the NCAA well, tournament. And, and, and to be fair, things that start in the Ivy League don't always translate to other conferences. Yeah. So I like guess, for we'll, instance, uh, not having any postseason in football and uh, concentrating much more on grades than anything else. Yeah. So I guess we'll find out next week after the uh, Ivy League championships at Harvard's are going on. That's going on uh, through the 19th. So a couple more days, we'll find out and possibly give you another update here in the next uh, week or so. KBY Newstime is 8.13. Stick around. Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question on the way here in just a couple minutes. Once again, another $50 gift certificate on the way for you from La Peep in Meridian. We'll get to that right after Bronco Sports today. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. $50 gift certificate. Once again, going to the uh, answer, correct answer to our question today. Richard is going to get first crack at it today. Uh, LaPeep in Meridian. Our question, uh, there's only two teams in the NFL that Tom Brady does not have a winning record against in the regular season. Which teams are they? Well, the answer is the New Orleans Saints and the Seattle Seahawks. There you go. You got it. Uh, and by the way, uh, the, he does have a, a, a record, 2-2 two and two record against the Seahawks if you count the Super Bowl. And the New Orleans Saints, uh, he did have a winning record he's, against them until this well, year. <laughs> he's, well, he's 5-5 he's five and five against them if, if you count playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, and then so before this year, he lost two games counting, to him this year. Counting playoffs and Super Bowls, he doesn't have a, a losing record against anybody, but he's even won what did, four or five teams. What did you say his record against the Buffalo oh, Bills was? 33-3. and three. Wow. I bet he wishes he could play them every game. <laughs> hey, congratulations, Richard. We got a $50 gift certificate for you to La Peep in uh, Meridian. Hang on the line. Don't forget, by the way, if you didn't win this morning, we have another chance for you to win coming up tomorrow morning, our final La Peep gift certificate for free. But also, tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. sharp, we have a $50 KBOI sweet deal for you. $50 for only 25 bucks. It's half price. That's our sweet deal this week, 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Very easy to do just before 9 o'clock. Make sure you go to KBOI.com, get signed in. If you've never signed in before, get it all ready, set to go. And then uh, if you're there right at 9 o'clock, I'm pretty sure you'll be able to have a chance to get in. It goes fast. Um, but if you wait till 9.05, you're probably yeah. going to miss out on this. So. And, and that's well said. If you get there at 9, you'll have a chance, but it doesn't guarantee because they will go fast. Once again, that's tomorrow morning, $50 gift certificate for only 25 bucks. Stick around. On the way, um, during, the legislat- during the legislative session, we always have uh, lawmakers in to talk to us. And uh, on Thursday, we talk to House members. Coming up here after news, the bottom of the hour, Representative Brooke Green, District 18 in Boise, will be with us after that at about uh, 846. 
We'll be talking with uh, Re- uh, Representative Jason Monks, District 22 in Meridian. Those are our two representatives that we will be talking to this morning. That's on the way after news at the bottom of the hour. 670 KBOI covers the Idaho legislature, all of the issues, all of the debates. Today, we have Idaho State representatives joining Casper and Chris on 670 KBOI. 837, he's Chris Walton, I'm Mike Casper, and with us this morning on the uh, telephone, we are talking with uh, Idaho State Representative Brooke Green, of District 18 in Boise, a uh, member of House Appropriations Committee, House Business Committee, House Ethics, and House Policy Committee, and the House Local Government Committee. Uh, good morning, Representative. Thanks for being with us for a few minutes this morning. Oh, yes, sure thing. Thank you so much for the invitation to come chat. I know there's a, a lot of uh, action happening in the Idaho legislature uh, this week. Uh, one of those things, though, uh, has just recently happened, and it happens to be your bill. Um, can you explain to us what the mugshot bill is? Yeah, sure thing. This one is actually incredibly personal. Uh, so what this does, and just to give you kind of an idea where it's at, so we introduced it in Juden Rules last Friday. Uh, actually, put in me, yes last Friday, and so now we have established that we're going to have our hearing next Wednesday. And what this bill does is it provides provisions about around the use of a mugshot. Um, if you guys are all very familiar with it, it's uh, Ada County's mugshot website is the number one clicked website in the state. Um, so it's, it's those pictures. And what this does is it puts parameters if you, an individual happens to be arrested on a nonviolent misdemeanor, so that would be a um, you know disturbing the peace, trespassing, DUI, and such, it doesn't include battery and it doesn't include a sexual assault. If an individual is arrested and within 24 hours of being arrested, they are placed on a mental hold or transferred to a facility for assistance for their mental illness, then their mugshot cannot be released pending the outcome of their um, of their court case. And the reality is this is truly just about being able to provide provisions for, you know, individuals who, because of their mental illness, um, found themselves uh, in, in jail. And this is incredibly personal. Um, this happens to do about a very close friend of mine uh, who happened to be the executive director of the Association of Cities a couple of years back. And um, unfortunately, she found herself arrested because of her mil- her mental illness, um, found herself booked in Sayada County Jail, subsequently transferred to a facility for assistance, and her mugshot um, was plastered all over the news for entertainment purposes. Um, fast forward, she got her help. However, um, three months later, I lost my friend to suicide. And um, so this is incredibly personal, but I also recognize that this is incredibly important, and I'm not the only family member who's had to, or friend who's had to um, help somebody, and so that's why I brought this bill forward. So this bill doesn't seem very controversial, but because it is politics, it seems like almost everything gets pushed back. Are you see, see, seeing much pushback on this bill? Absolutely. Um, and I do want to emphasize one thing about this bill, too, is this is a bipartisan effort, and you mentioned may not be very controversial amongst my colleagues. However, uh, Representative Marco Erickson, is, he's a Republican and he's helping me with this, and he's actually a psychologist. Um, we have received pushback, unfortunately, and, and I actually recognize it. It's from the law enforcement community, so we do have the Sheriff's Association, the Fraternal Order of Police, the Chief of Police, and the prosecutors um, opposed to this. 
And primarily it's because they're concerned with logistics. And um, I'm not sure if you knew this, but I am married to a law enforcement officer. I am an incredible supporter of law enforcement. Um, I am an enormous champion of them, and I recognize their concern. And that's why within the bill, I did give them a full year to implement this rather than the typical six months. It doesn't go into um, effect until next January. And that's so that way we can ensure we give them plenty of time because I'm just pretty certain they can find a means in which in which to put this into place. There's a bill uh, going through the legislature right now that would make it illegal to assign personhood to animals or any other non-human stuff. What makes this a necessary bill? Um, this is the first I'm hearing of it. Honestly, oh, really? um, do you happen to know what the House number bill number is, or is it a Senate bill? Uh, let's see. Apparently, a Senate bill. So that's why you wouldn't okay. have heard about it yet. I just figured maybe that uh, there'd been some discussion. <laughs> no, no, it and um, no. It, it, it turns out it'll be a House bill. It's just it's uh, going oh. through the State Affairs Committee right now. All right. Well, I definitely haven't heard of this. Um, and that's the thing about the legislature and these bills and such. Um, you know, there's a reason for every single one of these coming forward. I mm-hmm. have to hear this one. Um, I was on state affairs two years ago, and you can imagine the number of bills that we get through that committee and um, the different topics. <laughs> this one I haven't heard of. So I'll be I get I will be paying attention as this one comes forward. Okay. Uh, well, let's talk about one you uh, we know you definitely have heard uh, about. Um, there's a proposed HOA bill. Can you tell us a little yes. bit about that? Yeah, this is a bi- again. This is um, a bipartisan bill that I'm working with uh, Representative Troy. And you know, in the past couple, you know, in the two years that I've been there, we have received emails um, for individuals, you know, property owners who are really concerned about their HOAs mm-hmm. and. So Representative Troy and I have come together, and what we've got forward is a bill that's really going to emphasize transparency, accountability. Um, Some of the biggest complaints that we have received is, I don't know when the meetings are, or the meetings are during the day I can't attend, and this is my, these are my good, you know, my money that they're spending. And so it does put some parameters on how best and which to engage with their members, um, you know, that these meetings need to be available to the membership, they need to be available electronically so people can do hybrid in. Um, it also actually emphasizes, you know, if you're going to spend my money, you probably should show me the books. And, um, you know, if you belong to an HOA, you're paying dues. These people are spending your money. You should have the ability to see their financial statements um, because that is your money. And so it really is about accountability and transparency. This bill is going to be coming through House Business. The date hasn't been set yet, but um, I'm pretty darn certain there are lots of people out there really interested uh, in this bill because, you know, HOAs are common throughout Ada County. And um, a lot of people have emailed us complaining that, you know what, I don't know what my HOA is doing. They're spending my good, my money, and um, I want some accountability and transparency. That's exactly what this bill does. There's uh, apparently an area of Yellowstone Park in Idaho where someone theoretically, I guess, can commit a crime and not get prosecuted. What what can the legislature do about that? We, you know, we're, our hands are a little tight on that. My good colleague, Representative Colin Nash, brought that forward, and that was the first I've heard of it. Um, apparently, I think it's like 50 miles in Yellowstone that because of 
the, its jurisdiction, the fact that they would actually have to pull a jury. Well, there is none. There's This is um, Parkland. He learned about this in his law school class. And so a couple weeks ago, he brought forward a resolution. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with resolutions, but, you know, they are they are a message to our congressional delegation. Hey, you should look at this. And so um, he presented on the House floor. All of us, you know, we somewhat jokingly were like, okay, so now we know where to go. So um, I had no idea that, that that was the case, but it's apparently the perfect place to commit the perfect crime. Yeah. Representative uh, Brooke Green, uh, District 18 of Boise, thanks for taking a couple minutes and talking with us this morning. I'm sure uh, we'll probably talk to you again before the uh, end of the session, but uh, thanks for being with us. Oh, sure thing, and you guys have a wonderful day, and thanks for the invitation. Take care. KBOI News Time is 845. Stick around when we come back. Idaho State Representative uh, Jason Monks, District 22 in Meridian, will be with us. That's coming up next. 670 KBOI covers the Idaho legislature, all of the issues, all of the debates. Today, we have Idaho State Representatives joining Casper and Chris on 670 KBOI. Once again, he's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. And on the phone with us, Representative uh, Jason Monks, uh, District 22 in uh, Meridian. Thanks for being with us this morning. Appreciate it. Casper, Chris, great uh, being back with you guys. Love your show. Um, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Um, let's start out here uh, this morning. A House committee is uh, okay to ban on businesses that would uh, require vaccine, uh, vaccines, COVID vaccines specifically. Um, I just want to ask this, and I'm going to play devil's advocate here, because it seems like Republicans usually pride themselves on not getting involved in businesses and telling them how to run their businesses. But doesn't this basically tell a business how they can run their business? Well, yeah, um, we do that all the time. We, we tell people that they can't have 12-year-olds working 40 hours a, you know, a, a week in different places, that you can't have you know, uh, 16-year-old kids in the bottom of a mine. Um, I mean, those, there, there, are, there are limitations as far as w- where everything goes. The, the, the big discussion here is really when individual rights conflict, conflict with um, you know, somebody else's rights, and that's where, that's where the issue is right now. Um, but there is quite a few different approaches. I'm not saying that uh, one approach is, is better than another. Uh, there's, there's several bills out there looking to address this um, specific issue. Uh, some are just like you had mentioned, you know, prohibition. Others are based more upon the fact of identifying those uh, requirements ahead of time. You can't change those rules on employees who are already working there. Uh, that's another approach that I know is being um, circulated out here as far as uh, legislation dealing with uh, COVID vaccinations. And I think, um, you know, that's the, that's the challenge we have to weigh one set of rights against another set of rights. And that's where it becomes a little bit more difficult, and not quite so clean cut. Right. And one of the criticisms uh, that I hear is that some people don't think this would be um, legal. It, 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 has somebody looked into that? Is, is this something legal? Because you, you talk about protecting personal rights and business rights here. Well, I guess it depends on which approach you're looking at. I think I think for the most part, uh, the legislature does have the ability to regulate uh, businesses if that's what we you know chose to do. Um, you know, and ultimately it's got to get by you know 105 legislators and the governor, and and that remains to be seen whether or not that will happen. Um, during the extended session last year, we kind of got a few few bills 
um, partially through the process, but didn't quite finish it. So, you know, I, I know of at least three different approaches uh, dealing with that. Um, one of them, you know, as you mentioned, is just a, a straight up um, prohibition for mandating that. Uh, another one would allow um, those mandates, but those mandates would have to be identified ahead of time. So it couldn't be something that, that you, you know, you'd worked there for 20 years and all of a sudden now there's right. a new requirement on you. Um, and then there's another approach that looks at uh, your ability um, to get an exemption to that. And, and uh, as far as filing an exemption to be um, omitted from that requirement. And so there's a different approaches to it. I'm not sure one's uh, the best way of doing it at, at this point, but I know those, those at least those three options are kind of on the table right now. Idaho still has at-will em- employment, correct? That you, you can be fired without cause. Correct. And you can quit without you know, notice as well. Right. Um, that's kind of the, 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 you know, the flip side of that. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that, so that brings up the question, um, you know, could an employer find a way around it and just say, I'm, you know, letting go of you because, uh, you know, I don't need to give a reason. I mean, and, and so that's, that, that could happen as well. So no matter what we do, there's going to be a way yeah. to, to circumvent the system anyway. Like and so you have to, you have to weigh that, whether or not that's, um, you know, worth the effort on our end to do that. What what is the latest status on, on Powerball? Ah, um, I actually introduced uh, had the bill hearing yesterday in State Affairs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the I'm the one who was asked to to carry that bill. Um, we passed it out of State Affairs uh, yesterday, which was the holdup last year. Last year we couldn't get it out of State Affairs, so it'll go onto the House floor here within um, a couple days. I, I don't know what the House floor will do. I suspect that it will pass off the House floor and be sent over to the Senate. But um, as it looks now, we are moving towards um, keeping the Powerball here in Idaho. Okay. So that would mean that I still have my one and two billion chance uh, or two trillion chance of winning Powerball. <laughs> you know what? It's actually uh, it's actually one in two hundred ninety two million. So <laughs> oh, that's, that's much better. So you're saying up. there's a chance. I'm saying there's a chance there. Um, <laughs> um, wanted to ask you quickly, uh, House is uh, backing a uh, monument protection bill. Uh, it's kind of a divided bo- vote. Is this something, and we've seen what's happened nationwide, is this something that we need here in Idaho? Well, you know, that question always comes up uh, from people. They say, well, why do we need this bill? It's not happening in Idaho. And I think the reason that that individuals, uh, Representative um, Doug Okonowitz is the one who brought that bill. I I think the issue is not, is there a problem right now? I think the issue is, do we want to allow a problem to happen in the future um, and then try to react to that? Uh, I think, um, you know, so is there a problem right now? Probably not. But this is this would help put a mechanism in place that you know, would get a set of eyes looking at this to preserve, you know, our history. Right. Uh, you know, somebody had brought up the, the, the thought and they says, well, what about, you know, the locals being able to decide whatever they want? And, 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 I, and I thought about that a bit and I thought, well, what about re- um, respecting the rights of the locals who put that in a hundred years ago? Um, we have a tendency in this country to start judging everybody based on our own experiences in our own time frame and not recognizing that things may have been different years ago and um you know we need to learn from our history yeah. not try to hide it 
Representative uh, Jason Monks, great to talk to you as always. District 22 in Meridian, appreciate it. I'm sure we'll probably talk to you before the uh, end of the uh, legislative session, unless somehow you guys are able to get done in the next month or so. Uh, but we'll, That's the plan. We'll, we'll find out. Uh, thanks for being with us this morning. Much appreciated. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You want to get through, phone lines are open. For your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 906, he is the right honorable Chris Walton. I'm the right honorable Mike Casper. And our phone lines are open so that we can talk to whoever... You, right honorable person, listener, is, if you want to get through, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless, 1-800-529-5264. That is toll-free. Uh, you can also email chris at kbui.com, mike at kbui.com. You can text us. I just wanted to, in the news there at the top of the hour, I just wanted to uh, make a couple of comments about the uh, Russian figure skater. Um, how good of a skater are you she's 15 years old mm-hmm. how good are you that you can fall multiple times in a performance and still end up in fourth place mm-hmm. in other words the things that she did that didn't involve the fall must have been technically almost perfect unfortunately though you have the doping scandal and it keeps getting worse and worse for Camilla v- uh, Valeva from Russia. Now, they allowed her to go ahead and compete even though, though she felt a dece- or failed a, a December drug test because mm-hmm. she claimed and this is from her mother uh said that the skater's grandfather was a regular user of trimetazidin, I believe is how you pronounce it. And that's how it got into her system. She accidentally drank something of her grandfather's. It's like, all right, so it's hey, accidental. She's 15 years uh, old. That's unusual. Yeah. So they allowed her to compete. But once again, if she she allowed she was allowed to compete, but if she won any medals, um, there right. would be no medal ceremony. Not that she couldn't but, take part in it. Luckily, no medal ceremony. Yeah, luckily she fell down a few times and finished fourth. So however, no medal ceremony anyway. However, she won a gold medal. So one in one of the other competitions, she won a gold medal. There was no ceremony. So... The silver medal winner, the bronze medal winner, did not get to take part in a ceremony. Oh, too bad. I know. It, it sucks. They still got their medals, right? They still got their medals, yeah. yeah. And she got her medals. She, she gets to keep her medal. She just, there was no celebration. There was no, there already was no national what, or Russian yeah, anthem what, because. What were they going to play for the, for the, what have they been playing for I the Russians who I haven't won? paid attention to uh, what they play. If, do they play the silver medal winners anthem if is, they do? I there, don't know. It, does the Russian Olympic Committee have its own theme song? I doubt it. Now, there is more to this story. Um, World Anti-Doping Agency this week filed a brief in uh, the Russian skater's case stating that the existence of L-carnitine and hypoxin, though both legal, undercut the argument that a banned substance somehow accidentally entered the skater's system. Okay, so she's got things in her system that directly uh, come from maybe human growth or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Now, L-carnitine and hypoxin are are both legal drug substances. Even though the, the athletic committees have tried to get them banned, they they currently are not on the banned list. However, 
They are both oxygen-boosting performance enhancers. So when you combine the fact that she said she accidentally had something that is a informance-boosting drug Mm -hmm. in her system that was an accident, and then on top of that, you have two uh, two other, even though they're not banned in her system mm-hmm. that she has attested for. Um, the uh, committee said this is an indication that something more serious is going on other than she accidentally did it. Gotcha. Because she has two other things in her system that are designed unless, to increase performance. Unless they can uh, figure out some way to prove that all of those things were in her grandfather's drink. That could be possibly, too. I, I, I don't know why you'd be drinking accidentally out of your grandfather's drink that has heart medicine in it. Yeah. Because that's what specifically uh, the drug that they found in her system scotch, is to help with your heart. Scotch may be heart medicine, uh, not usually. And, and scotch isn't banned, so she could have you know, <laughs> completely done that. Who knows if she did? Well, yeah. Vodka, I, probably. Just, just in listening to that, the, the two stories this morning, hearing that she had fallen multiple times during her performance and still placed fourth was just absolutely incredible. Um, I did uh, watch the one where she won the gold medal mm-hmm. um, and the two U.S. announcers announcing it. Um, didn't say anything. Didn't say anything during the performance. And at the end, they reminded everybody that she was performing. Um, she had tested positive um, for banned substances. Um, but they did go on to say that it was yeah. one of the the most incredible performances they had ever seen in the history of the Olympics. They, they felt compelled to gush a little. Yeah. So... Apparently, she's very talented. If you can finish fourth and fall down, for crying out loud, uh, you know, good luck to you. But how much of that? And like I said, she's 15 years old, so she could be doing this for decades as long as she can get off the sauce. <laughs> or she could just, you know, quit now and sign up for an ice show and then make a living for, for the next 20 years. Um, we got plenty of stuff to talk about. We had breaking news yesterday. You've heard it throughout our newscast this morning. Facebook coming to CUNA. If you want to weigh in on that, we can weigh in on that. Um, also, uh, yesterday, breaking on uh, Nate Shellman's show. Apparently, Ammon Bundy and Janice McGeehan have come to an agreement that uh, Ammon Bundy will drop out of the governor's race for the uh, primary and endorse Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeehan. In return, Janice McGeehan says that if she does not win the primary against uh, Governor Brad Little, that uh, she will endorse Ammon Bundy, and Ammon Bundy will uh, run independently. And uh, so they made that agreement yesterday. That was news confirmed, three different sources here on News Talk KBOI. Good job, Nate Shellman, for uh, breaking that story. She is in the news just about all the time, and of course has been in headlines a lot. And so I think that you might assume she's doing a lot better with you know in, in the polls uh, in in Idaho than she actually is because uh, I think in the last poll they said who would you you know vote for in, in the primaries mm-hmm. I think she had less than five percent of the vote. Mm. Well, maybe this will help her out because both she and Ammon Bundy are you know far right, so it, it gets rid of one for the primary. So you know you you'll be getting the votes that might have gone to Ammon Bundy. To maybe help you out, and then if you don't win, you get two shots at taking on Governor Little from the far right if you if you wish to do so, because that apparently is the agreement that is going to be uh, happening. Also, uh, Lieutenant Governor Janice McGinn over the weekend, you mentioned that she makes news a lot, mm-hmm. uh, made the news again um, at a uh, Kootenai County Lincoln Day dinner in Coeur d'Alene in a speech. Um, she wants to invite Dr. Anthony Fauci to Boise State University, and then uh, she said, we'll lock him up. 
Yeah, I can't imagine him I, passing I up a chance like that. I, and I don't know what she's going to lock him up for. I don't know what law he has officially broken, other than the fact maybe you just don't like him, but I don't think you can get locked up for that. I'm not even sure if the lieutenant governor has the power to lock somebody up. <laughs> that, that, that is something she might want to find out first. Um, in uh, other news, if you want to weigh in, uh, we'll talk a little bit, too. I want to talk about this uh, in something we just talked to the Idaho State representatives about here with the uh, 45 minutes we have left in the uh, show uh, about the ban on uh, businesses requiring vaccinations that the uh, House committee um, committees have passed this week. Um, I'm, I'm on the record for the last year and a half that this thing has been going on that I'm against all mandates put on by governments. And mainly that was because I, I don't like Washington, I don't like California and their laws that they mandated that you must be vaccinated. They mandated the businesses, you know, certain businesses have to get their people vaccinated. This is exactly the opposite, and I don't like it just for the reason that I've said. I don't like mandates. Uh, I, I don't like it when you mandate that you have to be vaccinated, and I don't like it that a business is told if you... Sorry, but if you want to get people vaccinated for your business, you're not. We're not going to allow yeah. that. I, I don't again, like though, either side of this in any way, shape, or again, form. Again, though, when we were talking with uh, Representative Monks, and I brought that up, that Idaho still is an at-will state when it comes to work, meaning that you can, if you have an employee, you can get rid of that employee without cause, without even saying, "Okay, here's why I'm firing you." Yeah. You can say, I'm firing you because we don't need you anymore and leave it at that. Yeah. So if you want everybody to be vaccinated, you're free to go through and fire everybody who's not vaccinated. But I hope you don't have a business that requires, uh, you know, special work skills because you're going to have to teach a lot of people. Yeah. And that, and that's part of the, the question why I ask, you know, is is this legal? Because as you, as you mentioned, you would have to change the law. You would have to change this from an at-will state, right? Yeah, probably back to... Uh, and because I don't know if you're if you're an employer, you're going to be pretty dumb no. to say I I fired him because they weren't vaccinated. You can just say you, you I can, just fired him because you can, you can fire somebody for forming a union or joining yeah. one here if yeah. you want. That's that's, so, that's we decided that in the mid '80s. So th- th- this bill is going to be a, a little bit confusing. I don't know if it's going to pass, but it did pass the uh, committees. Uh, we can talk about any of those you want to talk about this morning. We got some emails to get through. Our phone lines are open. We'll take a break here. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through right now. Um, also on the way here within the next uh, 40 minutes, we have another pair of tickets. If you want to go to the game on Saturday, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, Utah State, see if Boise State can hold on to first place. They're now in first place after the big win last night. We'll have a free pair of tickets, Extra Mile Arena, 4 o'clock this coming Saturday. Stay tuned. Your chance to win sometime within the next 40 minutes. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 920-208-336-3700, pound 670 on Verizon Wireless. Uh, email chris at kby.com or mike at kby.com. Uh, this is uh, an uh, email at mike at kby.com. Did I hear you right, Mr. Mike? First of all, let's get this right. It's not Mr. Mike. It's the Honorable. Right Honorable. Right Honorable Mike Casper. Mm-hmm. Um, you said a principle conservatives believe in is that government does not have the right to tell a business what to do with their employees or their businesses. Are you kidding me? This coming from both of you who thought government could outright tell a company to close their doors? I see a slight inconsistency here, you think? First of all, let's get a couple things right. Number one, I never said that I thought that it was a right for 
um, the government, um, conservatives, saying that it's a right to tell businesses what to do. I said what it is is a principle that they believe in that there should be less government involvement in running businesses. In, in general. In general. Um, so I didn't say it was a right. Um, and as far as uh, when you say this coming from both of you thinking that the government could outright tell a company to close their doors, I've been on the record since this whole thing began that I thought that was the dumbest thing ever, that there were essential businesses and non-essential businesses. It's one of the biggest things that I've called out Governor Little on, mm-hmm. um, saying that I thought this was dumb, that you get to pick who is essential and who is not essential, especially now. After all this time, the you know we're we're starting to see the data showing that that didn't work anyway. Closing certain businesses didn't stop the spread. It didn't stop COVID in any way, shape, or form in any country that they did it in. So, um, let, let just wanted to get a couple of those things uh, straight here this morning. Now, what what was it again? I didn't I didn't quite understand from the from the email what this individual uh, he, had he a would, problem. He was saying that I said. Uh, that uh, government doesn't have a right to tell businesses what to do with their employees. We're talking about the mandate, uh, House latest uh, mandate um, from the uh, committee banning on businesses requiring vaccinations. Um, I I personally just do not believe that a government has the right to tell a business that you don't have the right to have somebody in your business vaccinated if you want. I also don't believe that you have the right to tell somebody you don't have (laughs) to have somebody Vaccine. I, I just don't think the government should be involved mm. on that level. That's what I'm saying. That's my personal opinion. And I, 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 I brought that up in our talk with uh, Representative Monks because that is kind of something that Republicans here in the state have said over and over. We want less involvement in the government in pe- people's businesses. In general. In general, mm-hmm. yeah. Kevin Caldwell, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Morning, guys. Hey, I'm going to take an example here and take it to an extreme. So it's going to sound horrible, but let me just play with this a little bit. Um, I don't believe in these letting these employers uh, tell their employees get vaccinated or get fired. I'm an employer. I don't believe in that. I believe that that's just a step too far. I know we disagree on that. But based upon that, that thinking, why don't we do a voter referendum that says that we the people are the, the employers of the politicians. And those politicians who don't vote to protect the rights of the individual, we mandate upon them the injection of meth and heroin upon them so that they can understand the plight of a lot of families in America who have drug problems in their families. Why don't we just mandate those things on the politicians? We're their employers. Well, considering they're the ones that would have to vote on it, uh to begin with, to even get no, it on to even no. get it on the ballot, they would have to okay it. Voter referendum. Mm-hmm. They would not have any choice on it. Okay. Well, not if you got enough signatures. You think we could? Who knows? A lot of people are pissed. Got to get like what thirty-five districts now, right? Or is it every district? No, they they changed that. It, well, it didn't end up being every district. Okay. Point of the matter is, it's the same sort of thing. If you're going to allow some sort of drug to be injected in people. What happens when somebody pushes it too far and allows some sort of crazy drug to be injected or get fired? You yeah. can quit. I mean, those politicians can quit anytime they want. Yeah, I mean, so can individuals, uh, except I wouldn't quit. I'd wait to get fired so you get your unemployment. Okay. But still, my, 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 my thoughts, my reasoning fall through. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. It's the same logic. 
I mean, if, if you if you look at all drugs as equal, it is, yeah. Well, a lot of people think that what they what they've put in, you know, this vaccine. I'm vaccinated, but a lot of people believe that the vaccines are not thoroughly tested. They're not safe. Yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're, it falls on both sides. Once again, it, it comes down to you. Do you think that an individual, one individual's rights, are more important than the other individual's rights? Exactly. It also falls upon you know how far are you going to push this thing. Where do you draw the line? Yeah. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, email in. No name on this. Against all mandates, except when the governor mandates you close your doors. It's called corporate communism. Government doing the bidding of major corporations, and the major corporations doing the bidding of the government destroys a small businessman with our constitutional republic. Yeah, we probably should have done something about that when it started 150 years ago <laughs> uh, or more. Uh Jim has written in and says, Here, here's the rundown of types of jobs in other data centers run by Apple, Google, and Microsoft, because we are getting a data center in CUNA. Mm-hmm. And these are the types of jobs that they advertise for in those places. Computer programmers, electrical engineers, HVAC specialists, security, food service, and janitorial. And he does say there are a good number of high-paying jobs. Yeah, when you look at those, you know, when you, you're talking electrical engineers, that pays pretty yeah. good. Computer no, no, programmers pay no, really well. No business is exclusively people, you know, working on computers. Yeah. I don't even know. Janitorial services right now, does, I mean, does that pay pretty good, I would think? Just because of the lack of uh, employees, you don't need, you know, probably highly high training or go to college it's, to it's, get it. But It's probably competitive in the janitorial industry. Yeah. Uh, Rich and Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Well, first of all, that last caller, his logic doesn't follow through because the reason they mandate the vaccines is to protect other people, hospitals, and from this thing. Uh, Injecting somebody with heroin wouldn't fall under that. But I want to talk about this monuments law. Now the small government Idahoans, government of Idaho, they want to ban cities and counties from changing the names of buildings and parks and all this kind of stuff without state approval. Uh, you know, so, I mean, if they could do that, then they could just mandate. Well, effectually they are, they're mandating what the names of these buildings have to be. Mm-hmm. If it's a city building and they name it after a past mayor, you know, they can't change it without the state, a park, even if you took it that way, you, you probably could go down to street names. Well, in, in little towns, you know, towns that have two, 3,000 people, uh, let's say they have something in the town that they want to change, and they do, uh, they would have to ask permission from the legislature first. And so, you know, people in Boise, Pocatello, Idaho Falls, Nampa, Meridian, would be deciding for this little town whether or not they can make their own change to their own town. Yeah, that 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 was my exact point. And if it and I don't know what they define as a monument, but I mean that could even go as far as street names, uh, you know, park. Uh, you know, we, we have buildings. Well, most of our buildings that are named after somebody in Idaho are mm-hmm. state buildings. But, no, but uh, one one of the things that would fall under would be school names. Things, so you know, if somebody wanted things, to change George Washington School to another yeah. name, they would have to do that. Go through the legislature to say things do change. Now, I was in third grade in 1973, and uh, we voted for the most admired people 
in America, the most admired Americans, uh, female and male. And the female winner was Chris Everett, and the male winner was O.J. Simpson. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, up on time. Got to get to news here. More of your phone calls and emails coming up. Phone lines are open right now. 208-336-3700. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KDOI. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. You can email us also, chris at kbui.com, mike at kbui.com. Send us an instant message for our fan page on Facebook, or you can also text us, same as our main number. Email uh, in says, you guys have a way of twisting the news. You guys, I think he means you and me, Chris. Walmart sales are up, therefore the public must be doing fine since they're parting uh, with more of their money. What? Question mark. I've noticed you didn't give Walmart's profits. Of course Walmart sales are up. I'm giving them greater part of my paycheck because of Brandon's inflation. You need a new financial guy and a course on economics. Basic. Um, okay. He doesn't have a name here, but... This I will say. When um, the economy starts getting bad or when the, when the economy is slipping and uh, people you know, can't spend quite as much money, they still spend a lot at places where things don't cost very much. And here's the thing. I don't know if you just didn't listen to Jeremiah Bates in his whole conversation or you're, you're just choosing to ignore um, part of the information that he gave out about Walmart. Um, Walmart's prices are going up because they're not raising their or their um, profits are going up because they're not raising their prices. A week after the CPI report showed, this is according to Business Insider, uh, showed inflation at its greatest year-over-year increase since 1990, Walmart released its earnings and had a blowout third quarter while offering a lesson on how to use pricing power or not to. On the uh, earnings call, CEO Doug McMillan said that with an inflationary environment, there are things that come along with that, and the company's cost inflation right now is higher than its retail inflation which basically means Walmart is swallowing costs so that customers don't have to pay higher prices. That's what it means when it says that their their company inflation is much higher than their yeah. their retail sales inflation. So, And they have already said that as we see more and more inflation, it, it, it remains to be seen if they're going to be able to keep doing that, eating those costs so that they don't get passed along to the customer because that's usually what happens, you right. know, when you start seeing inflation. But Walmart, and just to be fair, Target has also said that they're going to do the same thing. They're going to eat those costs so that they don't get passed along to the consumer. And so far, for Walmart, as we saw with their huge jump here, what were they up 3.2% a little mm-hmm. bit earlier this morning while the stock market itself is down over 400 points, 423 points, um, it's working. Um, because people are going, well, why do I go shop at this grocery store who has raised prices on everything when I can go to Walmart and they're not raising prices? So we'll see if this works in the long term, at least on the short short term, as of right now, as Jeremiah Bates said this morning, because they're not raising people's costs right now, it's working. Now, what I was talking about just there a second ago, uh, a friend of mine told me about this. Uh, He owned a uh, cafe, um, kind of a coffee shop, really, and... Nothing was very expensive there. I mean, even he closed a few years ago, and even at that point, I think the most expensive meal they had was about $6.50. So it was, you know, a little coffee shop, traditional. 
And he said that the economy going up or down didn't usually affect his business much whatsoever because, uh, not because just because people got to eat, but because when your stuff is not very expensive, when people don't have very much money, they still shop still there. Shop there they yeah. still go places where it's not very expensive. Now they don't, they buy fewer cars, they buy fewer houses, they buy, you know, fewer, uh, big ticket items, but they still, uh, another guy that owned a, uh, a dollar store told me the same thing. He said the dollar store actually does better when the economy's bad. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious too. We'll put this out there. We talked a little bit about this this morning um, because we're seeing inflation that uh, in January was up over 7%, um, yet retail sales were up over 3%. So basically when you look at that, it means inflation is way up, highest that it's been since 1982, I think it was, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but people are still not curbing their spending. So my, my question to you is specifically, and I know this is you know going to be a small poll here, but just personally, have you started spending less or buying differently? Uh, say, say maybe you like eating steak, but instead you're buying hamburger, even though hamburger is expensive. Have, have, <laughs> your, have your... How about bologna? bologna yeah, there you go. Have, have, have what you buy... What you buy has it changed with inflation going up so much? Because as of right now, in January, people are still spending money. My other question, on top of that, would be: At what point would it get to before you finally start to go, okay, um, I can't afford to do this anymore? Because we talked about last week, the average person per person with inflation at where it's at right now is costing you an extra two hundred and fifty dollars a month in real money. Because of gasoline prices, which you have to have. I mean, there's certain things you have to have. You've got to pay your gas. You have to have a place to live. You have to have food to eat. So at what point, though, will you start cutting things out? I'm just curious. Throw it out there if you want to call 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um, another uh, critical email, just since we're doing that, I'll give you back-to-back ones. It says, uh, you guys being the mouthpiece for the new corporate communist party again. You couldn't even bring yourself to say martial law this morning when you were talking about Trudeau enacting emergency powers. That's martial law, not a mandate. Two years ago, I told you making some people non-essential was a road that would lead to something much worse, and now our northern neighbors can have their bank accounts frozen, rights taken away, and who knows what all else, and you laugh it off. Mr. Right Honorable, just two weeks ago, slow the curve. Which of us is closer to right? Well, I would still say, you know, Chris and I are closer to right because we don't live in Canada. Yeah. Canada is a completely different um, government than what the United States is. There's completely different uh, rights. Um, you know, we have the U.S. Constitution. Canada doesn't have that. So, yeah, I would say Chris and I are closer to being right because, once again, we don't live in Canada. Yeah. Was that was that signed? No sign. Okay. Just a quick tip. Um if you don't call us and you write us instead and you, you know, tell us a whole bunch of things that you're smarter about than we are, uh, rudely, as a matter of fact, and don't sign it, <laughs> that, that makes you a troll. So, you know, if you want to say something like that, I would encourage you to sign your name to it. You don't have to necessarily. Or call us and say it straight out. I, I still don't get where they think that you and I were in favor of... Um, Picking essential businesses because neither one of us has ever oh. said that since this whole thing started, and yet people say you guys were all in favor of closing down business. No, we weren't. 
We were never in favor. You, you forget, my wife is a business owner, and we were deathly afraid that her business was going to be mm-hmm. shut down. Why would I be in favor of that if my wife and I own a business? We were afraid of being shut down. See, pe- pe- people think that because we're not screamers, like some of the other talk show hosts and various uh, radio stations, but this same format, that we're not screamers about things, and we don't, uh, you know, rant and rave about it and try to, uh, you know, tell people, oh, my God, this is the worst problem in the world, and we're the only ones that have the solution for it. That's not what we do. And since we don't do that, since we don't rant and rave about things, if if we're not speaking out against something that uh, a, a person, you know, hates, then they think we must be for it. Yeah. And that's not the case. So we're, we're talking about it. I, I we're, also, we're also trying not to jump to conclusions, necessarily. I know it's a, a little late, but once again, I'm just going to get this on the record once again for everybody to hear. We have never, ever been in favor of being able to pick and choose businesses deemed on whether or not they somebody thinks that they're essential and whether or not they mm-hmm. should, should keep their doors open. Because technically, I mean, anything you do for a living is essential to yeah, you. essential to you. And, or, and I, th- I think that people should have the right to stay open. As, as long as there hasn't been, you know, uh, let's put it this way, a more serious outbreak than there has been. Um, another uh, text message and says, uh, also, you guys should know that Walmart knows how to play the long game. This is why they're building their own ships. That's a very good point. Um, because we've had such a problem with supply chains and ships being able to get, first of all, we had the problem with, uh, what was it, the canal that was blocked by a ship for how long? For like a week or more that didn't allow any ships? Yeah, that was the Suez. Yeah, the Suez uh, allow any ships to come out of there that were delivering stuff to the United States. So that was one of the big problems. But also, we still have supply chain issues uh, with ships being unloaded and whatnot. So Walmart is going to supposedly make their own fleet of ships so that they don't have to count on trying to lease a ship from somebody else and getting bumped by somebody else who's paying more money. So they'll just say, we'll send our own ships. I don't know if it'll work or not, but we get to watch and see if it does. Seems like a good idea. KBON Newstime is 945. We'll take a uh, quick break here. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. You want to go to the game on Saturday afternoon, 4 o'clock? We have tickets for you. They're taking on Utah State, caller number 6. Those tickets are yours, Utah State, this coming Saturday, 4 o'clock, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Congratulations, Carol Stanley of uh, Meridian, caller number six. She is headed to the Boise State game, Boise State, Utah State. A win means that they maintain first place in the Mountain West after the huge win. Well, the, I wouldn't say it's a huge win other than the fact that they uh, scored the most points uh, of or anybody this year, 26-point win. Surprisingly thorough win. It was, uh, and won by way more. They were completely dominant in this game from the, from the get-go. Um, they shot uh, a Leon Rice team record last night over 68% from the field. At one point in the uh, second half, they were shooting at 73% clip. They shot over 55% from the three-point line. Keep in mind, earlier this year, um, they went 
games in a row where they didn't shoot 55% from the free throw line. <laughs> and they shot 55% from threes last night, and they took a lot. It's not just one or two threes. They took a lot of threes last night. Um, and the, the most encouraging thing that I found from last night, they made 100% of their free throws. And if you're thinking, well, maybe only the, the two best free throw shooters on the team shot, no. Armouche made his foul shots last night, and earlier mm-hmm. in the year he was making shooting about 20%. He made his foul shots last night. So. You know what's funny? The, the two guys in the Hall of Fame who were probably the worst free throw shooters, Wilt Chamberlain and Shaquille O'Neal. Now, they're both over seven feet tall. I don't know if that's got anything to do with it. It probably does. But you know these two guys were prolific scorers. Yeah. I mean, you know, Chamberlain scored uh, just a little short of of Michael Jordan numbers for his entire career. He had uh, he scored fifty points a game in one season in sixty sixty one when he was playing for the Philadelphia Warriors. That's incredible, fifty points a game. M- most people's uh, high game isn't even close to fifty. Uh, but but neither one. I mean, both of them shot about fifty percent from the free throw line. I don't remember watching Will Chamberlain shoot foul shots. I did. Watch Shaq, and he was horrific. He, he well, he just <laughs> he, he didn't horrific. for some reason he just didn't use regular mechanics of a shot. And well, not only that, but he didn't have any. And granted, he's over seven feet tall, so he didn't need much art. Art, but yeah. he didn't have any arc on his shot whatsoever. It was just weird. I mean, th- th- there are two schools of thought there. Number one, he was so good at everything else he did that he probably didn't need to practice free throws. Yeah. On the other hand, the other school of thought is it's the only thing you don't do well. Why don't you practice it? CJ uh, writes an email in to the caller stating the vaccine was mandated to protect others. Protect whom? You still catch and spread COVID with the vaccine. In fact, you become an asymptomatic spreader. That That is true. Um, and sorry for not pointing that out. But yeah, the, the evidence is in that you don't, you're not protecting other people necessarily from getting infected. You're only protecting yourself from taking a chance of getting very sick, ending up in ICU, or dying. It lowers your chance to do that. But, yeah, you're not protecting anybody else because you can still get it and you can still spread it to others. John writes in and says, Trudeau, he sure did flip from a liberal to fascist in no time flat. There seems like an easy resolution just in the mandate BS situation everywhere. But the little big man syndrome won't let any politician give up control. Look at the mayor of Boise nor will other liberals in charge let go of control. It all boils down to control of the masses and keeping the masses oppressed. Election Day can't come or can't get here soon enough. (laughs) Marine Bob. Guys, BSU made all their free throws, but they only shot nine. Yeah, and they made all nine of them. Earlier in the year, they couldn't. They you, couldn't. They couldn't make five out of you, nine. Have, have you looked at the totals of, of, of free throws in, in most of the games this year? Uh, several times, teams have uh, on the Boise State schedule have shot fewer than ten for the game. Uh, who was it the other day? Was it Fresno State that shot fewer than five? Yeah, I think they only had, like had two or three free throws the entire game. Boise State's had some teams that didn't yeah. shoot nine free throws, but against it's, them. It's it's we we don't have a situation where a team has to go twenty five for twenty five. Because we're really not getting that many free throws. Yeah. Um, hopefully, they, they had uh, two other players uh, out. Uh, ACOT's still out. Um, hopefully, they'll start to get some of them uh, healthy. Um, because we, we got to see players that we very seldom get a play. Play last night. Uh, Milner looked really, really good. Um, he hasn't played a lot this year, but he looked really good last night. And I know Air Force doesn't have a really good inside game. 
we'll get a different look against Utah State coming up on Saturday. Yesterday, all we heard from everybody was what a tough place to play that was. Yeah. And how uh, you had to really watch, uh, you know, Air Force when you when you visited them, and then we went out and what won by twenty five or twenty six points. Well, one of the thing that was cool is last night was Cadet Night, so they had a bigger crowd than usual. They had over mm. two thousand of the cadets actually show up because they had a special Cadet Night. So that kind of I think worked in Boise State's favor. Also, by the way, we will have more tickets uh, to give away. San Diego State is the next home game tomorrow morning. We'll have a couple of chances for you to get tickets to Tuesday night's game. That'll be another big game. Very good team coming in here to Extra Mile Arena. Thank you very much for being a part of the show. Tomorrow is also Open Phones Friday. We'll talk about anything you want to talk about. Thanks for being a part of the show. We're on a 20-hour break, and we'll be back again tomorrow. Have a good day.